Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's going on, guys? I'm Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I am Creeping It Real. So how are you doing today, man? How's things going? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited that we're starting this thing. We're man. bringing it back. Yeah. We're reviving it from the dead. From the dead. We're back. So you had started this with Steve Tillis a few years ago, a little yeah, while like ago. seven years ago oh, or so. man. Yeah, you I know. You guys were in we're front old. of the wave. Too, too, too yeah, ahead too of your time. You're ahead of, of your the time. Wave. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're reviving this. We're bringing back the Reptile Talk podcast uh, just so that we can kind of delve into these experiences that people are having with reptiles. Yeah. Because it's like people – a lot of people having all these really cool experiences. They might get lost in, in all the stuff that we got going on. Everybody's got a high-paced life. Everyone's posting stuff on social media. And some of that stuff just gets lost. And one of my favorite things to do is to talk reptiles with people. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, it was uh, – when, when Steve and I started this – uh, like I said, seven-ish years ago, uh, our thought process was like, hey, we're both two young guys that have had the opportunity to work with some bigger names in the industry. He was he had just started working with Eugene Bissett. Um, I had already known Kevin for many years and had worked a little bit with Brian and um, was like, hey, cool, like we've got some, you know, some, some cojones, yeah. you know, we can showboat around a little bit. Um, and we just started bringing people on and interviewing them. And, uh, I mean, we did well for kids, you know, I was 20, yeah. um, going on 21. And that means like Steve was like four going on five, <laughs> you know, approximately. approximately. Yeah. We're guessing, we're guessing. Um, but yeah. And then, uh, and then he went to college and I went to college and then it was just too hard to continue to try to line up schedules and stuff. And now he's like getting his PhD and stuff. He's, he's going to be a great scientist one day. Um, he already is an amazing scientist, researcher, whatever. I envy him so much. But uh, yeah, I decided to bring this back with Rob and uh, Steve will actually join us every once in a while. He's, he's said that he would. So I'm super pumped about that. Steve yeah. is awesome. I've known Steve for a long time too, yeah. and he does some really cool stuff. So I'm, I'm excited to have him on too yes. and, and to really get this thing rolling. So f- to get things started, to just kind of like if you guys don't know who uh, Jeremy is or who I am, let's do a quick little intro or like let's talk about where you got your start. So where did you get your start when it comes to like rep- keeping reptiles and doing Brassman reptiles? Where did that all come from? So, oh boy. So we go all the way back to the 90s. No. <laughs> oh <my> goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so when I was like seven or eight-ish, um, I maybe I was a little bit younger, but uh, I threw a temper tantrum in a pet store because I saw a firebelly toad Oof. and I had to have it. And uh, I was like, it's toad, I want it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom caved and I got the toad. And that was, I was literally like hooked at that point. Also growing up, like oddly enough, my, my dad almost like would keep me from going outside all the time. It was like the parent hmm. paranoid of like being outside. And that like made me want to be outside even more. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like, I'm like looking at bugs. And I, and we had like, praying mantids that used to like nest 
oh, and stuff so cool. in this big bush by by my house. So I would like be geeking out. You find these like huge Chinese mantids and everything. Mm. It was like, oh my god, that's so awesome. Uh, so I had this toad for a little while. I wanted to start keeping other things, so I got my hands on some green anoles. Um, and that was like the first lizard, like the first real reptile that I kept. Um, and I accidentally bred them cause I didn't know that I had a pair cause I was a child. Um, and then worked that into leopard geckos, started breeding leopard geckos. And then I was like, I want snakes. Like I, every, I had books on snakes, obviously was watching the crocodile hunter. The and natural like, progression. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> dinosaurs are cool. Oh, mm-hmm. that's Steve Irwin. He works with dinosaurs. I like that. <laughs> snakes are dinosaurs just without legs. I want snakes, you know? Um, we all go through it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so it took my mom years before she let me get a snake. Like I was on her for at least six years. At least mm-hmm. like I want a snake. Nope, 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 nope. She didn't want a snake in a cage in the house. Just yeah. wasn't, wasn't her thing. Um, and I did not take no for an answer. And then finally, I think I was like 10 or 11 and, uh, she like sat me down and like my birthday was coming up and she was like, so I've been thinking about letting you get a snake. And I was like, <gasps> excited, like off the jumped charts, up. I everything. think I like jumped up and started like, "What? Are you serious?" Like having a total little kid excitement meltdown, yes. you know. Um, and she was like, "Well, look, we got to take care of it. You know, let's look, do our research. You know, whatever." And uh, I ended up bringing home this snow corn snake from mm. Petco. Oof. And yeah, <laughs> oof, yeah. Uh, and it died a week later and I was like, Oh no, but didn't let it crush me. I was like, okay, something, something wasn't right. You know, cause all the research we had done too. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I've been keeping leopard geckos and breeding leopard geckos and stuff. Um, so I was like, something just isn't right. Cause everything that I would researched on corn snakes said they're super hardy. They're super easy to maintain. So I was like, something had to have been wrong with the snake. So instead of going back to Petco, uh, there's a local chain, a small, small chain reptile store called Dave Soda and Pet City. And it was just in Western Mass. Yeah. And uh, they had a pretty decent reptile selection. And uh, I ended up buying a ball python hmm. from there. And I still have him. He's yeah. in my right snake room now. He's like, what, f- f- 16 years old or something like that. His name's Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first snake. I, my guy, I still have my first snake, ball python. And his name's Monty, and he's like 18 years old or yeah. 19 years old now. Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yep. So I got Apollo, and I was like, I fell in love with him. I was like, this is the coolest thing. And then it stopped being cool when he went on that first hunger strike Oof. that male ball pythons go on. And I was like, mm-hmm. my snake is dying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I still have him. He's this really cool, reduced pattern, normal. That uh, for a while, like I thought it was like going to be some crazy genetic thing when I started getting into wanting to breed reptiles, and um, yeah, it would, like wig me up. But anyway, still have him. He's awesome. He was an ambassador animal for me when I used to do school programs and stuff. Um, yeah, and then so from there it became a, an ultimate obsession. I was like, I want more. You need. More. I need more. I need obsession. Yeah, like I literally need obsession. it. Um, so I started getting my hands on a few other snakes. Uh, then I was like, I want to try to breed these because I was already breeding lizards and stuff. I, I think at that point I had bred leopard geckos and bearded dragons. So I was like, I had a little, you know, a little credibility yeah. under my belt where I was like, all right, I can do this. Um, and I I was able to 
you know, I'm selling them to like the local pet store, like $10 a piece or whatever, you know, like here, just buy these things. Cause I have a lot now, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I don't have room for all these bearded dragons, yeah. you know, um, there's, <laughs> there's a critical eggs. mass when it comes to bearded dragons. It's so true. <laughs> they, they will eat you out of house and home. It's so true. So freaking true. Um, so next thing I know, I've got a whole room, like my entire bedroom. The back wall is like an old school, like tire rack from like town fair tire, like of tanks. (laughs) I got like a 29 gallon fish tank. That's got like all, it's all decked out. I forgot what I had in there, but it was like all (laughs) decked out and everything. I had my leopard gecko breeding harem, you know, like, I mean, it was, I was like whole room reptiles. And then, um, so I grew, you know, with my, live with my parents. Um, obviously I'm a kid, right? And we've got a, a two bedroom apartment. So there's not a lot of room mm-hmm. for this. Um, so slowly started like figuring out rack systems. And I remember building my own rack systems. Um, but uh, I'm skipping a whole, I'm skipping around a little bit. But um, the key player in my development as a reptile keeper ended up being so I volunteered at one of the local zoos when I was a kid, the Forest mm-hmm. Park Zoo. They had this program called the Junior Zookeeper Program, and it was a summer program where you got the chance to work at the zoo, volunteer That's at the crazy. zoo. <laughs> yeah, it was it was cool. I mean, it's not like we're going in with the mountain lions or anything like that, but you know, not we, we would help. No, no, not Joe Exotic. <laughs> no, uh, but like we'd help clean clean the stalls for the horses and oh, stuff cool. like that. Um, I had talked to them and told them that I had already kept reptiles, so they let me work with the head of the volunteer department, who was the person who worked with the reptiles. So I got to do more hands-on stuff with stuff I didn't own: Burmese pythons, cool. big boas, and stuff like that. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that was like awesome. I was all in that. Um, and one of those times, I think it was like the second year I did it, this guy came up from Connecticut to do a talk on chameleons. At that time, you couldn't own chameleons in Massachusetts. They were all permitted. You couldn't have them without permits. So it was the first time I had like really gotten to see panther chameleons. And I lost it. I lost it. He brought this beautiful, I think it was like either an ambulobe or a nosy bay. But either way, I lost it, you know. And um, it was Adam Harris. Oh, it was damn. Adam Harris from Harris and Wonderland Pets down in Connecticut. And I got to talking to him, and he was the first person I had ever talked about my reptile obsession with that didn't think I was some crazy kid. Who got it, yeah. And it was yeah. like, wow, you know some things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he invited me down to his shop, and I think that was when it was still in Bloomfield. And uh, his dad was still really heavily involved in it. So he drove out to Bloomfield, and oh my God, I, he had like big Nile monitor, these crazy fish tanks, all these awesome snakes. He was like a big colubrid guy. Mm. He was like anti-ball python back then. <laughs> he was like, no, ball python, no, no, no. There's so many cooler things. So he yeah. was like big colubrid guy. And um, I was I was hooked. And any chance I could to like either go down there or talk with him, I, I would. Um, and I started really getting into colubrids. Um I mean, I don't even know where the hell I am in my life's timeline of working with snakes, but uh, but Adam was like that pivotal person for me. Yeah. Where I was like, oh man, like I could do something like this, like because yes. that that store was amazing. Um, especially when you're that young, getting into because you go to Petco, you go to PetSmart, or your local like regular pet store, they might have like one snake, or they have, might have like bearded dragons, or or yeah, yeah, yeah. but like to see someone who's got 
a whole variety of different things. That'll blow your mind when you yeah. ever see. Let's like go to your first reptile expo. That just yes. like the first time I went to the Manchester Reptile Expo, I about lost my mind mm-hmm. because of all the different species you saw there and all the people that were working with all these things that I just seen in books and like getting able or being able to see those things in person is just like for the first time absolutely will blow you away. Yeah, so I 100%. totally I get it because my local pet store when I was growing up was called Tropical Treasures and they had a, a labyrinth Burmese python Oof. and they were like I don't even know what this is. Some guy dumped it on here and said that it was a really expensive snake and it's it was like it was tiny cuz yeah. I remember him being like this is a giant snake and then I would look at the cage and he had it in like a a 4 foot by three foot by five foot enclosure with shelves Oof. in it and stuff. Yeah. And it would curl up on a shelf and it wouldn't even tip over, like go over the edge of the shelf. So it, oh, ha- yeah. it couldn't have been bigger than six or seven feet long. Mm. Um, but he was like, it's a big snake. You can't touch it. It's crazy. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like when you get to go to your first like reptile specialty shop, that is the thing the that'll just like, thing. it'll blow your mind. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Yeah, so that was like I was a kid in a candy shop. Oh, and yeah. and if I wasn't already like sealed with the obsession, that that did it. Because also like and it still is true in Massachusetts, you can't own you can't own monitors. Yes. Well you can, so, I think you can have Ackies now right. uh, without a permit, but all other monitors all the others, require a permit. Yeah. So to see a monitor lizard oh. and like it was a it was like a monster adult. Mm. Like it was big. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> the things in the pictures of books is right here in front of me. Yes. Alive. There's a oh live my God. dinosaur right yeah. here. Yep. And like, I can also remember like having gone to like the, the local museums and stuff and they would have like these cool like turtle things and like you could, they had like a viewing point that was under the water. So oh, it was, you like, could a stick your head in there. So you like stick the bubble. It. And it's like, that's cool. But now I'm like face to face with this massive Nile monitor. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. You know? So anyway, so it was like super hooked with that. And um, I think that was the point where my mom was like, oh, shit, there's no turning back. Yeah, it's it's over like, now. <laughs> you, nothing, know. you can't turn back now. Um, That's it. Yeah. So through all this, I start to gain more knowledge, start to breed colubrids and breed ball pythons. And um, then there was – I got connected to a bunch of different local reptile people. But Adam was still like my go-to person for yeah. like everything. Um, first time I ever went to a reptile expo, it was the White Plains Damn. reptile show. That's a show. Yeah. <laughs> to start and I was like, I was this little nerdy kid, pre-mustache. <laughs> oh, pre-mustache. <laughs> that's, pre-mustache. That's yeah. old. Yep. And uh, I remember, sta- and it was packed. I remember staring. I wanted to get pygmy chameleons because mm. we couldn't get chameleons. Mm-hmm. But the pygmy chameleons are not chameleo. Yes. So that was the loophole mm. in the state. And... Mm. Um, I wanted to get one, and I'm staring, and like my, and it was so packed. My mom does not do well in crowds. Oh yeah. So she had like stepped back a little bit because the table was so crowded, and I remember I had asthma really bad as a kid, and I remember turning around to try to find where my mom went because I was like, "This is this these is are, this these is the are the thing. ones." Yeah. And I was hit with a wall of people and and blew a huge asthma attack, oh, and had no. to be like like dragged dragged off. And Bruce's wife 
actually was it like brought us into one of the back rooms and like got oh, me like okay. settled down and everything. So we didn't have to leave the expo, thankfully. That's but yeah, and I got those pygmy chameleons. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it's at. Um, you know, and dude, I had they did great for me. Mm-hmm. It was I was like amazed because they're crazy. they're not always the hardiest creatures, not. especially but, where they gotta get the small feeders. For yeah, them. yeah, but and they we, did they did great for me. Um, but that moment, it was like, oh my god, this is my first reptile show, and like I thought I died. Yep. Like, yep. both mentally and physically. Yeah. <laughs> mentally because snakes, physically because asthma attack. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I died. Um, but, dude, it was, it was like, sensory overload. Like, mm-hmm. 100% sensory overload. So, fast forward a little bit more. Um, the uh, Western Mass Herpetological Society that had kind of, like, formed or, like, a whole bunch of, like, random, random people there. But they had had this uh, event, this gathering at Adam's Place. Mm-hmm. And that's where I met this guy. Or I'd already known him a little bit, but uh, we really, like, were getting together. I was probably, like, in my teens, like, mid-teens or something like that. Um, so, again, I'm skipping around at, to random points. But uh, this guy, Sean Breyer, uh, was like, you like ball pythons, right? And, like, he kept for ticks and stuff. And uh, he was really good friends with Kevin. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, you got to go meet. The evil morph god. You got to meet this guy. And I was like, what? You know, and I had like watched Snake Bites TV and stuff like that. So I was like, I don't know who that is, but that sounds cool. He's like, I'm going to set you up with a, you know, I'll set you up with a private tour. And I was like, okay, cool. So he set that up and I came to nerd. And I had done like all this research because I had no clue who nerd Mm -hmm. was or anything about that. And I came, so I came up here and I was oblivious to so much like so so much <laughs> Kevin wasn't even there it was uh, Jason Brand oh boy met up with Jason Brand he was the one that gave me the tour Jason and I hit it off like immediately it was yeah. like yeah this is great you know whatever I'm sure you some things um, yeah and I met Kevin for like five seconds he mm-hmm. was like hello like shook our hands and then like left yeah and cause he's always doing a million things yeah uh and I was like, all right, you know, this is Kevin. Okay, that's cool. I don't, I don't, I didn't understand the full gravity of who he really was. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, it's, it's a guy with a ponytail. Cool. Um, but I was blown away. Oh, yeah. By everything that I was shown that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still had the, uh, that calico tiger retic in the cave. Ugh. Um, yeah. And the, and that's like when I saw my first in real life rattlesnakes. Yes. And everything. And I was like, I'm, I'm so sold mm-hmm. on all of this. This, this, this guy's living thing. the dream. Yeah. So then, it, so we have a great time, whatever. And Jason told us, "You got to come back uh, when hatchling season is happening mm. and see what we, you know." So okay, cool. So that happens, and then I was told I was already breeding stuff and like had some kind of understandings of stuff. And then that second time, I actually had to have like a, a quick conversation with Kevin that extended more more from high, yeah. and actually went a little deeper. And um, I was, like, blown away by his knowledge and all this stuff. So fast forward again, or maybe rewind. I don't even know where the hell I'm <laughs> at in my life anymore. There's so many things. Um, when I got into high school, I had already been keeping and breeding different reptiles, not on any huge scale, but I had amassed probably a collection of, like, 50 or so animals. So it was, like, Still substantial for a high school for student. A high yeah. School student. yeah. yeah. Um, I started a business 
because um, I, I was already doing educational shows at schools. Like, my mom's worked in the schools for almost 30 years. Yeah. Um, so, like, she had connections and stuff. And it was like, oh, yeah, my son has all these animals. Like, do you want to go to the school and, like, talk about this? Mm-hmm. So we did that. So I opened up a business. It's called J&D Reptiles. stood for Jungle and Desert Reptiles. Hmm. Um, and... Um, I was breeding corn snakes. I was breeding cow kings. I was breeding Honduran milks. I was breeding Pueblan milk snakes. I was breeding leopard geckos. I had tegus. I had a big Burmese python I used for the for the shows and stuff. Like I had a lot of shit. Yeah. And um, I and I was breeding a lot of it. And I was like wholesaling to pet stores. And I was like selling here. And I started to vend at shows. And I started to do YouTube and like. And you grew a mustache. And I grew a mustache. <laughs> um. And so I had this business, J&D Reptiles, and I, that's when I was really, like, I was in it 100%. Um, I was doing it full-time. I was going to school, coming home, cleaning snakes, and my collection was growing from holdbacks from what I was producing to other animals I was buying. I think I had ended up amassing over 100 adult breeding animals. It was, (laughs) it was a lot. And it was, like, maybe 32 different species. Wow. Of stuff all in one room, like jam packed. Yeah. You know, it was tight. Um, and I ran that from my freshman year of high school all the way through into college. Um, and then the person that I had put in charge of stuff who had already been working with me for a couple of years um, basically destroyed it. They wanted to help invest and maybe get a couple of animals to bump up some projects. And I was like all into it and couldn't find what uh, I was looking for. And I was like, wait, cause Kevin will produce it. I promise yeah. I, I had established a really good connection with Kevin. So I was like, I guarantee you I can get it from Kevin. Like just wait, wait, wait. He didn't wait. He bought, he bought an animal from somebody over in the West coast um, and never quarantined it. And it came in, it was sick and it killed off basically all of the ball pythons that I had. And I had like 60 plus ball pythons, like high end stuff. I had some of the first pastel fader double head uh, lightning pides. Damn. Yeah. That mm. were like a thing. Yeah. You know, um, I traded like probably five figures worth and of reptiles soul. and my soul yeah. to get the, to get those, you know, like. It was it was a big deal. I had like spinner blast, het pied, female, like good sized dudes, like dying, 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 dying. And I was in I was in college. Yep. I'm in Boston. You know, I'm living with you. Yep. You with know, me. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh my God. He's like trying to drag my name through the mud, all this stuff. So eventually it came down to I gotta shut everything down. Yeah. Because ball pythons were my focus back then and I didn't have enough extremely high quality colubrids or carpet pythons at that time to try to recoup anything. And I'm in college, you know, so like the money just isn't there at all, you know? So that was the end of 2013. I had shut everything down and it was the hardest fucking thing I had to do because it was like six and a half years. I've been running this business without fail. I had amassed this huge following on social media is like 6,000 YouTube subscribers and like all this stuff. I was putting out, you know, at least one video a week. It was great. And it all came crashing down. And I got to a point where I had like a mental break and I like erased everything. I deleted everything, the old YouTube channel, everything. I was like, I need to stop this. Yeah. And I went from that 120, 150 adult breeder animals down to like 12 animals. I sold everything because I was devastated yeah. but I was like I still need to keep this this is such a part of my life I can't get rid of every single thing 
Um, so I kept those things and I lost some great relationships I had with certain people because of it. Um, and it was, it was a big, big freaking deal for me. So anyway, so I'm, I moved back home after college and I got a teaching gig. Um, I went to school for music. For those of you that don't know, um, as a trumpet major, trumpet performance major, um, so I went to school for music and was like, of course, Hey, I'm a musician. I can't get work, <laughs> you know, cause I didn't finish college. So I don't have a degree. I can't get a teach a regular teaching gig, whatever. Um, and I didn't want a teaching gig, but ironically I got a teaching gig at a private music school in the in my hometown. Um, and that became my full-time gig. I took everything on that they offered me from outreach to private lessons, to music production classes, like everything. I took as much on as possible and was started to make good money and was like, okay, I think I'm in a place where I can reinvest and get some animals that I think are cool. Yeah. And the market had certainly changed so oh, dramatically. Yeah. Um, and I started getting really heavy into carpets because I already like carpet pythons. And then there were so many brand new things that I like, I just lost touch of, mm-hmm. you know, it was suddenly like, oh my God. That's wow. amazing. What is that thing? And affordable. You yes. know, so I was like, I want that. Um, so I started, I, I think that first major investment was with Mike Curtin. Yeah. Uh, I love Mike. An ocelot jungle jag female. Mm. And it was already like a year old. So it had size. It already started. It had already really gone through a lot of that color change. And I was like, Mint. damn, yep. bro. Like that's, I got to do it. That was a thousand dollars right out. And I was like, I don't even care, bro. Like this, is, this snake's worth I'm it. in it. You yeah. know, I'm so in this right now. Cause I love that snake. Um, so anyway, so fast forward a little bit. I, I've amassed a few, a few more animals. I went from those 12 animals, to maybe like 25 ish or so. So I started to get a few things. Um, and then I go to Tinley. Um, yeah. And that was like, damn, I'm spending money. I didn't plan to. Um, so this, so the brass man reptiles thing actually came from that Tinley. I think, what the hell was that? Like 2016 or 2017? I think it was 2016. And I'm at the the U S arc auction Mm -hmm. and, uh, What's all around you, almost everywhere you look, and makes your life better? Birds. Learn all about these beautiful creatures in this wonderful new podcast called Birds of a Feather Talk Together. Two experts guide two newbies on their journey to learn more. Mallard ducks, ivory-billed woodpeckers, Hawaiian honeycreepers, blue jays, cardinals, sandhill cranes, and more. Each week we discuss a different bird and walk away with a better understanding of the birds all around us. Oh, and we have a ton of fun doing it. Listen now. You're going to like learning about these birds. I guarantee it. Who the hell? They, there was a, a, a secondary benefit auction happening simultaneously. For, I think it was Joe Hub, whose Joe daughter Hubb. had passed away oh. or something like that. Um, and I may have drank a little too much and oh, raised boy. my hand a little too many times. Oh, man. But anyway, so I bought another ocelot jungle jag for a good price, yes. like under a thousand dollars. And it's like, and it was mint, like yeah. a perfect female. Um, and Phil Goss, who I, I had known, I had plenty of conversations with over, awesome. over the time. Phil love Phil. Um, was like sold. Thank you. Brass man. Cause he knew that I played trumpet. trumpet. Yep. And I was like, Oh, I, I like brass, that. I yeah, am the brass, brass man. man. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We're, 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 you know, um, 
So I had been, I had started to amass more animals again and was like toying with the idea of not necessarily starting a business, but giving myself some kind of entity name. So it's not just like, I'm Jeremy Turgeon and I have snakes. Yeah. You know, like I wanted to give it some kind of identity and brass man reptiles just like stuck. And I was like, that's cool. Um, And that's pretty much where it came to. And now uh, come up to modern day and now I'm here in New Hampshire uh, working at Nerd as as the manager, I have like a hundred animals. Yep. Again, you mm-hmm. just saw my oh, snake room. Some we just incredible animals. Oh man, I'm like, don't let him fool you. Oh <laughs> man. Uh, so now, so now I'm working with a lot of carpets, primarily jungle carpets and brettles, um, Borneo short tails and bloods. Which I my previous relationship with blood pythons was not awesome because it was with a big imported male that just hated everything. Guts, yeah, yeah. Um, bit my mom in the face, kind of like evil male. You know, Ooh. I laughed at my mom about that bite. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I told her not to touch it, and she touched it. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've got those. I've got Amazon tree boas, ball pythons, uh, some leopard geckos, uh, pituophis. Um, but I don't even know. I've probably got like 12 or 13 different species now um, with some ideas to get a couple more things. But my room's pretty much maxed out at this point in time. Oh, retics. Reticulated pythons. Those will max out your room. Yeah, very quickly. <laughs> um, but like one of my, my quote, crowning achievements as I was kind of coming back into things was uh, producing first. one of the first, if not the first, uh, super tiger orange ghost stripe reticulated pythons. Um She's what three? She'll be three years old next month. Smoke. So I think if anybody else had her beforehand, I think it was Jay Brewer. Um, I think he might have produced one just before I did, mm. or just after I did, and then Shane Costello produced another couple of them. Um, but like she was one of those first, and that for me that was like huge because I was like, oh man, I'm back. I did it. Yeah, I'm, I'm back, baby. Yes, you know. Um, and then this past season produced. Uh, Coral Glow Leopard Mojave Hypo, which to my knowledge is the first in the world. Um, so just trying to get back into it, give myself a little bit more credibility and certainly working at Nerd helps a bit with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, so that's my super long story. The 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 full, unabridged version. The full, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm long-winded. No, no, that is, that's, <laughs> that's what people need to hear uh, to get a frame of reference for, you know, who you are yeah. and, and why you're doing this. Because, you know, there's a lot of people who come and go, and I'm sure you've seen, as I've seen, there's a lot of people who come into reptiles, start flashing money, start buying things, and then in a year, they're gone. gone. Yep. They are not <laughs> with it. Um, but but there, for the people like you and me who have been around and doing this our whole lives, you know, there's a lot going on that just doesn't get talked about or, or just goes behind the scenes. And, and you know, there there's a lot of places I love listening to podcasts like, you know, From the Ground Up, the people over at Morelia Python Radio. I, I love listening to all those guys and, and the different experiences on their shows that they kind of get to talk about with people. Uh, but a lot of those are, you know, they're talking about the care and all the stuff behind that sort of thing. But I, I think that the experiences from some of the people who you get to meet along the way are just just as interesting as the care for the animals. You know, the Very animals true. get you into it, but the, the experiences are what really keeps you around. 100 percent. 100 percent. So what's what's your story? Oh, Rob? my goodness. So how long do we have? How long? OK, uh, so we got long enough. <laughs> so when I was young. It, like really, really young. 
but like before I could walk, my mom actually had pet tarantulas. Uh, when she would go to meet my dad at his school, uh, the bus that she would take there would get there before he would get out of class. So she'd have to wait around for a half hour or an hour or something. So she would go to the local pet store and just kind of mill around. And, you know, you can only look at cats and dogs for so long before they kind of get bored. Uh, and you got to look yeah. at other things. It's true. So the back of the store would have this weird reptile and weird animal section. And she would go in there and they always had like weird spiders there. They have red knee tarantulas. They have pink toe tarantulas. They have bird eaters and all these weird things. And when my mom was little, she actually had an alligator. Um, mm. Yeah. In Connecticut. Mm. Before all those before regulations that. and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And once it got to be the size, too big for the bathtub, they got rid of it. Yeah, they they yeah, sent yeah. it to a zoo or whatever. So <laughs> when, when she, um, when I was, you know, before I was born, she got tarantulas and she just thought we well, were interesting. You know, it's not your normal pet. They're cool. To, they make webs and they do all these you know, weird things. And they're just an interesting animal to watch. So when I was little, I had pet tarantulas. Like we had a cat, which was okay and everything. But the tarantula, we would catch little moths and throw them in there and watch the tarantula <laughs> eat the moth. And then at our back porch during summertime, uh, we me and my mom would go back there and turn the porch light on for an hour. And eventually you'd get, you know, your, your orb weaver spiders. It would make these big webs. So we'd catch bugs and then throw them in there and just watch them for like an hour, just like sitting there doing their thing, eating bugs and being spiders. So when I was little, I was super, super into spiders and tarantulas. And like naturally when you're into spiders, you want to go out and find spiders in your yard. And while you're out there, you might see salamanders and garter snakes and all sorts of weird stuff like that too. So when I was like young and you know, you're just trying to learn and experiencing lots of little kids are into dinosaurs and you get into all these weird things. And I was just so fascinated with reptiles and spiders. And that was like my thing. When I would go to the library or do anything, if there was an option to read about spiders or snakes or lizards, I was there for it. Some of the first issues of Reptiles Magazine when they came out, I subscribed to them because my mom was <laughs> like, reptiles, Robert loves reptiles. I got to get that. So when a lot of kids were doing their summer reading and reading like fantasy books and all this stuff, reading I was reading rainbow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> reading rainbow and stuff. I wasn't interested unless it was reptiles or dinosaurs or like something like yeah. that. So like from the moment that I could read, that I could watch programming, it was all reptiles. It was just everything I could find about reptiles. I was enveloped in it. I couldn't, I've had a hard time getting interested in things that weren't reptiles. Like, to the point where when I had to do vocabulary, like, you remember when you're in elementary school and they do vocabulary words? Yeah. And you got to, you know, write sentences about, you know, this, use this word in a sentence. Yeah. Everything I wrote about was reptiles. reptiles. I just, I had to make it about <laughs> reptiles to make it interesting to the point where my teacher sent a letter home to my mom and was like, I understand that Robert's passionate about reptiles, but he can't, he can't use every word about reptiles. It is some words that just don't relate to reptiles in any way. So he can't use it. And after that, I was like, I can't do this. I can't, I just like <laughs> couldn't figure out a way. My, my brain just worked through the way of reptiles. So when I was little, I was just like so enamored and like, from the when you're little people ask you all the time what do you want to be when you grow up what do you want to be and in reptiles magazine they had a thing where you could have a job where you work with reptiles and i was mm. like you can make a a living working with reptiles so 
the, the number one thing on there was like herpetologists where you can study reptiles and their natural habitat and record data and blah, blah, blah. And so when people would ask me what I want to be when I grew up, I'd be like, a herpetologist. herpetologist yeah. And from a five-year-old or a six-year-old, you know, people don't expect that. And then they'd be like to my parents, why does he know about herpes? And my parents, no, 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 no. And then I would be like, no, no, no. It's not whatever you think it is. It's about he wants to study reptiles and snakes and lizards. Yeah. That's what he wants to do. So – I was just like fully in. I I needed to be around snakes. I needed to learn about them. Every book I could get at the library, I would ask the librarian constantly if they could get in new books about reptiles, Audubon Society books. And like my dad is not from the United States. He's from uh, the Caribbean. And where he comes from, snakes are scary as hell. And he does not like snakes at all. So he's terrified of snakes. So when I was growing up, I wanted snakes, could not have snakes. Mm. But even when I – so the next best thing, if I couldn't keep snakes, was seeing them in the wild. So I got super, super into field herping, going out in the woods and just look, flipping logs and looking under rocks and catching snakes and looking at all the different kinds that we have in, in, uh, in New England and just doing that as much as I could because I wasn't allowed to bring them in the house. So mm-hmm. if I could see him in the wild or like, you know, catch him, bring him to my yard and like look at him for a little while, that was almost enough for me to like really, really be satisfied. So my first pet reptile was um, actually probably not a great first reptile. It was a Jackson's chameleon. Mm. Um, because <laughs> when when I would go on vacation, um, you know, in Massachusetts, there's a lot of regulations on reptiles. So you'd go to Petco, you'd see like a, a ball python, a corn snake, a leopard gecko and maybe a frog, some sort of frog and a bearded dragon. And that's it. That's all you would see. Um, So you wouldn't really see anything else other than that. No chameleons, no green tree pythons, no bigger snakes, like none of that stuff. So when my mom's family is from Connecticut, so when we would visit her family two or three times a year, I would be like, we should go to a reptile place. We should look if there's reptile places. Because in Reptiles Magazine, there was advertisements for Regal Reptiles, which was in Providence, Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. And then when we got to my grandparents' place where we would stay for a weekend or a week or whatever, they had a small pet store there that was called the Life Gallery. And I would beg my parents the entire time we were down there. I was like, can we go to the pet store? We got to go to the pet store. I got to see what they have because they would have stuff that we wouldn't have at the pet stores in Massachusetts. Uh, because like my local pet store would have like tarantula, a, a tarantula every now and again, because the guy mm-hmm. was afraid of tarantulas. Uh, <laughs> or they would have like ace, a garter snake or a green snake. Or he, he never had like a big reptile section. He was always more of a bird and fish guy. So he had a big fish section. He had a macaw that he would carry around with him. And, uh, so when I was little, I would just like, you know, I'd go to his place and just look as much as I could, but there's only so much you could see. So when we go to Connecticut and I get to go to this weird reptile fish store where they would have sharks, they would have like all these crazy corals and saltwater tanks. And then they would have in the front of the store, they had this like little crappy section. It was like terrible. This place got shut down because they were like, they were Bad. not, they were not good, Ooh. but they had chameleons there. And mm-hmm. the first time I saw Jackson's chameleon, I was like, it's a dinosaur. Look at the horns. There's a male and he's got the horns. And right, he right. was in this horrible little, like, literally like a maybe 10 inch by 10 inch by 18 inch little glass box. Mm. And they had them all lined up and they would have like a Brazilian rainbow bow in there, a blood python. They had, it didn't matter what it was. They just kind of threw it in there. And I was in there and I was like, oh, what? There's a dinosaur. We got it. And my mom was like, that's a cool looking lizard. And I've never seen one of those before. We should buy a book about that and read about that. Yeah. And so I was like, we got to 
we got to get it. We got, I just like begged and begged and begged. And usually my parents rule is if you start to whine or complain, the answer is no. So I wouldn't whine about it, but I was like, we should get this thing. Cause I'd had, so I'd had tarantulas. I'd had, um, white lip tree frogs, so like the mm. little green tree frogs. I'd had those. Um, but I didn't have a lot. Like I had fire bellied newts, but I didn't get to branch out very far because it was like my parents were like no you got other stuff you got to focus on school blah 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 you can catch snakes during the summertime that's cool you you're good you're okay you've got those things those are preoccupied and I was like the chameleon though so <laughs> my mom caved we got the Jackson's chameleon and that just like I stared at that thing the whole weekend that we were at my grandparents' house like I wouldn't we got like a little critter carrier to keep it while we were there and then once we got books to read about them to to how to keep them alive and i didn't know at the time that chameleons were illegal in massachusetts yep so i don't know i must have been like nine years old eight or nine years old yeah probably eight or nine years old when i got it and so we got back to Massachusetts and, you know, I spent that whole weekend just staring at this thing like, oh, my God, this is the cool. We put it in the shower, turned the shower on so it could drink the water off the leaves. And I was just like, ah, this is so cool. This is the coolest thing ever. So I was just like amped, just excited about that thing. And and so we got it home, um, you know. I had my uncle custom built us this screen enclosure because we read that they need this ventilation. I had all my reptiles magazines out, anything I could read about chameleons. I was just reading up on it. And I was just like fully enveloped. I was just into this chameleon. And I was like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. Ever. And then I was like, I got to get something else. This is the the reptiles. And I was, I'd been reading reptiles magazine for years. And I was like all into all these books and all this stuff. So I was like, I got to get something else. So my dad had gone with me to the pet store and we ended up with my mom and we ended up getting a, a Chinese water dragon as my second lizard. And then, you know, leopard geckos. And then, you know, you kind of get the reputation as the reptile person. So people would be like, yeah. hey, I got a leopard gecko here. Have a leopard gecko. Mm-hmm. Have this thing. So we ended up having a bearded dragon, a leopard gecko, blah, 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 all this different stuff. So that all kind of like I'd bring stuff in for show and tell when I was growing up. I'd bring in the tarantulas when I was really young. And then as I got lizards, I'd bring in the lizards. And my, my teachers would always be like, Robert, you know so much. Why don't you like make a business out of this? Why don't you like teach people? And I was like, I don't want to get money. I just like reptiles. And I want to tell you about <laughs> reptiles because you don't let me talk about it in school. Yeah, so, right, right. <laughs> so um, my chameleon ended up getting an eye infection. I had already had him for four years, three or four years already. Um, and so I brought him to the vet, Greg Mertz, who's like my, my favorite vet. He's a great guy. He's, he's the, the odd pet vet is how he's known. And he just like is amazing. So I brought in my chameleon, I set up an appointment. I brought him in. Um, and he looks at me, the lizard. Oh, you got to give him these injections in the eye. I got to give him eye drops, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, and then before I leave, he goes, look, I know you've had this animal for years. It's super healthy aside from the eye infection. It's a great animal. Uh, you know, you're doing great with it, um, but they're illegal. So you you shouldn't, like legally speaking, you they could take it from you and you shouldn't have it. I'm not going to report you, but if you want to keep keeping this lizard, you should try to get a permit for it. Because if someone gets mad at you, someone has a tiff with your family, they could report you to Fish and Wildlife and they'll come and take your pet. And I was like devastated. I was like, no, they, no, they can't do that. <laughs> so I went to Fish and Wildlife Services with my mom and we're like, 
look, we've had this lizard for four years now. It's an adult chameleon. We just want to have it legally. Uh, what can we do to get this permit? And he's like, you can't, ha- you can't, you can't get a permit. And I was like, I want to give you money so that you don't take my pet. So yeah. how are we going to do this? He's like, unless you have an educational business where I'm not going to give you a permit. They're making them legal soon, so blah, get get out of here. And we harassed him and harassed him and harassed him and harassed him. He's like, I'm not giving you a permit unless you have an educational business. And so my mom was like, we do programs in the schools anyway. Why not make a little bit of money and we can get a permit for our pet? So we went through the business, or went through the process, got an LLC, we got insurance, we made t-shirts, we did the whole spiel. So we made Radical Reptiles of Randolph, where we would do birthday parties, we did educational programs. I did hundreds and hundreds of educational programs. And just, you know, I didn't have really crazy or wild things, you know, but most people's experience with reptiles is, I saw a bearded dragon at Petco, or my friend had a snake once and I went over to his house and saw him eat at a party, or watch watch him feed it at a party. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. So for me, Getting to go out and talk to people and show them that, you know, snakes are not going to kill you. They're not slimy. Uh, Look at this cool leopard. Watch this chameleon with its prehensile tail. And getting to, like, see people get that kind of love or that, like, fascination that I had had my whole life. Getting to share that with people really just, like... That was the coolest thing to me because I would go to programs with people who are terrified of snakes. And by the end of the program, they were holding the ball python and going, you know what? This thing is pretty cool. This is just awesome. And that just like really just like took the cake for me. So me and my mom did radical reptiles for eight years uh, from the time that I was like 13, maybe uh, maybe 12, 12 until I was 20, about eight years. So we did the Boston public library system twice where we did every library in the Boston public library system. So all the libraries in the Southeast, uh, Southeast Massachusetts, we did every single one, a program, an hour long program where we had hundreds of kids showing up to learn about reptiles. And what the libraries would do is they would set out reptile books or animal, weird animal books. And when we came in, they got to see the animals in person. So getting to share that with kids who are excited about reptiles and parents who were like, oh, it was just like, <laughs> that was super freaking cool to me. And then I would go to reptile expos, but I wasn't able to convince my dad to let me get a snake until I started high school. Cause like my dad was like, no snakes, uh uh-uh. uh. To this day, he still never touched a snake willingly. He will not touch a snake. <laughs> and so I wasn't able to convince him to get a snake until I was like just starting to go into high school. So I was, you know, I'd had bearded dragons, I had water dragons, I had leopard geckos, I had all these different things, but I was just like, I need, a, I love snakes so much. I had done so much research. As soon as we got the internet at my house, because we didn't have internet growing up because that wasn't a thing, uh, but as soon as I got <laughs> the internet, um, kingsnake.com used to do chats on Saturday night where all these weird reptile people would gather in the reptile chat room. Mm-hmm. Uh, God forbid you log into the cat chat room accidentally and everyone's Oof. going, meow, meow, meow. And I'm like, what is going on? This is not oh. reptiles. Uh, but you, everyone would gather. Oof. All these people from all these different parts of the United States would get together in the King Snake chat on Saturday nights. And that was my opportunity to just talk with reptile people and just have some reptile talk where we could just like talk about everything all these things that I didn't I couldn't learn in a book all these people who had had experience breeding reptiles where I couldn't do it mm-hmm. um, or people who had got to keep these weird things uh, that I didn't get a chance to keep and I could ask them hey how do you keep that thing alive how do you breed that thing uh, what how do you go about 
doing your reptile room? What are some interesting things that you know about these animals? Things that I couldn't learn in books. And I just like networked and networked and networked. And when I would go to reptile expos, um, you know, I would just be like overwhelmed with all the different species and just talking to people and seeing people who are breeding things. And um, I would just get so, so into it. And so once I got... Uh, when I was like 13, when I got my first snake, I wrote my dad this big long letter. The Massachusetts Reptile Expo was coming up and the Reptile Expo in Mass at that time was literally like, it was at the Audubon Society in, um, not in Hingham, right near there. Uh, but it was this little tiny room that had like 10 tables in it and just mm. like a couple guys in there hanging out. And they, uh, one guy there had a, um, a ball python. And it was like a black back ball python all striped down his back. And I was like, that thing's awesome. It's so cool. And I had written my dad a letter and I was like, look, I, I've kept all these other things. I'm trying really hard in school. You should let me get a snake and I'll keep it in my room and you never have to see it and you don't have to touch it or do anything. I'll take care of it. And my dad was, had a, sat me down. He's like, you can get a snake. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> but he's like, it can't be expensive. You know, got to take care of it, blah, 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 blah. And I found out later down the road that that night when my mom came home from work, my dad was sitting in his room, like, crying. And my mom was like, what's wrong? Did, did you get laid off? Like, what did you get? What, what, is, did someone die? And he's like, no. I told Robert he could have a snake. I can't have a snake in the house. I can't take it <laughs> back now. I said that he could have a snake. And so, so um, you know, I... I went to the Mass Expo. I got that snake. It was 75 bucks. And I was just like over the moon. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to set up the cage and do this and do that. And I was just like, so, so into it. And I was just like, ah, over the moon. And, <laughs> and so I, I, I could use the snakes and the programs and blah, 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 and all this stuff. So I was just like, so excited about that. And then six months later, I was saving up my money, saving up my money. And one of the times that we had gone to, um, Connecticut, we stopped at this, that Regal Reptiles, which they had mm. like tons of stuff. And they, yeah. they went from the first time I went to Regal Reptiles, they were in this like little tiny room and they had rats to the ceiling. And I was like, hey, do you guys have blood pythons? Because I've been reading about these things and I think they're the coolest freaking snakes on the planet. Tell me you guys have some of them. And they're like, yeah. And it was the guy Troy who oh, worked yeah. there. And he was like, yeah, we can bring one out. So he, he pulls down a couple like little tiny shoe boxes and He's like, you know, they bite, right? And I'm like, I know. I've read everything about them. I know that they bite. I know they're horrible and they're nasty. And I just, I'm in love with them. So I'm like 13 years old or something stupid like that. 10 years old or whatever. So I scoop up this blood python. Super, super gentle. And the thing is rigid. It's just it's angry. It's, it's so kill. pissed. Yeah. And he's like, just be careful. They bite. And my mom is like, you know, be careful, Robert. They, they might bite you. So I'm sitting there holding it. And it's like, it's not moving. It's got the tongue half out. It's pissed. And I'm just like sitting there holding it. I'm like, yes, I'm freaking hold the blood python in my hands. I just saw these things in line and they're just the coolest things ever. And I was so in love with it. Yeah. And I was holding it and just hanging out with just experiencing that. And then my sister walks up and goes, what you got in your hands? And she like tips her head over and, and the thing its loses shit. its shit. And so <laughs> I'm standing like two feet away from the, uh, the counter and he's got the shoe boxes on the counter stacked up there and this thing flaps its body like flails its body off of my hand and shoots itself two feet across and lands on the edge of the tub and it's turned around it's got its mouth open oh. and my mom was like whoa okay we can't do that and troy was like yeah they, they do that sometimes they do that, yeah, they yeah, do yeah. that. and i was just like 
that was still so cool. So we left that day. I didn't get a blood python that day. Uh, but I was just like, oh, this, I'm so excited about that. I was just like so, so into it. And uh, the, I had gone back to Regal Reptiles a couple of years later, and they had bought out a big warehouse where they had a big tortoise area and they had a big monitor enclosure and they had all these areas where we could look into these glass, uh, like basically like um, they had 10 gallons behind a wall and you could mm. see into the enclosures to see kind of what they had available. And they had some Solomon Island ground boas there. Ooh. And I was just like, what is that thing? That's so cool. And I just was like, I had read a little bit about these things. I heard about Jerry Conway and I was like, oh my God, these things are so cool. But they were like $500 for the pair of them. And I was like, I don't have anywhere near that amount of money. I had saved, up, I had saved up like $300 or something. Yeah. So they had some, I, I asked them to go back and look at them and I took them out and I was like, oh man, these things. Are, and I'm like drooling over these snakes, just so excited. And so... Uh, my dad was with me. He would not come in that back room. So, <laughs> so we um, we go back there, and I'm just like, I love with these things. And they're like, you know, those are, you know, I can't really budge on the price on those, but we got these Viper bows that are really cool, and they are kind of similar, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, I know how to take care of those things. So, like, I, I, I want those, but I can afford the Viper bows. So, I got the pair of Viper bows. I got to hell the whole because I wanted to hold them while I was on the ride home and I'm sitting in the car just getting lit up by these vibro peeing all over me biting me and I was just like these things are still cool Ugh. but so when I when we're leaving the back room at Regal Reptiles I'm I'm walking out with the bags of, of Viper Boas, the two bags, and the dude opens up the door, and one of the other guys had just pulled out a Burmese python. He came back from a birthday party or something. Mm-hmm. So he just pulled out a Burmese python and is like putting it back into the enclosure. And the dude, Sean, who was helping me out, who run Regal Reptiles, he saw that my dad was standing outside the room, and he looked in, and he saw the Burmese python, and he saw my dad's face was like, white. Because he was just oh. like, oh my God, that's a big snake. Oh. And, and Sean goes to me, Oh, yeah, it's only going to be like six months until these are that size. And I was like, shut up, shut up, don't say that. He's not going to let me buy these things. He's not going to let me take them if he thinks they get that big. And he's like, and my dad was like, oh, no, oh, no. And I was like, no, 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 they don't get that. These are adults. They're, they're a foot and a half long. They're tiny. It's okay. We're cool. And so I was just like, oh, my God. So, you know, put, uh, I, I brought the Viper Bros home, set them up. They wouldn't eat for me. I tried geckos. I tried every, everything I could possibly think of. Mm. Scenting with frogs, everything. I couldn't get them to eat. So I'd been saving up my money, saving up my money, saving up my money. And so I'd saved up like another 150 bucks or something. And so I called up Regal. I was like, look, guys, I've, I know I've had other things. I've done all my research. I cannot get these things to eat. Can I bring them in and exchange them or, or return them or whatever? And they're like, we can't return them, but you know maybe we can work something out. So I bring them back down there, and I was like, I really fell in love with those Solomon Island ground boas. I think I can work something out with those. Um, and they're like, you know what? If you, 150 bucks more. And I was like, the exact amount of money that I had. I was like, sold. So I gave them the Viper boas, got these Solomon Island ground boas, and I was just like, ah, these things are so cool. Yeah. So... That just like really, and then, you know, from having one snake to then have six months later getting two more snakes and then just the the can of worms is open. I'm getting all these snakes. I'm getting all these different yeah. things. I kept a bunch of different stuff. I bred a couple things, some ball pythons and stuff. Um, but breeding was never like crazy, crazy my focus, but I knew how to, like I read everything you could possibly find on breeding boas and Amazons and blah, blah, blah and all these different things. So throughout going to expos and stuff, I met this guy, Jason Chapman. Um, and he was talking, he was like, saw me at the expo. He's like, Hey, you know, a, a lot, like a real lot about a lot of different things. 
would you want to like work at like run a pet store for me? And I was like, dude, give me two weeks notice and for my job. And I will run this pet store for you. I don't care because he had been breeding stuff for years and years and years. He was super into blood pythons. I love blood pythons. He had Borneo short tails, Sumatran short tails. He had Amazon tree boas. And I was just like, he is doing it. He's like, and he's tattooed and all this stuff. So I was like, this guy gets it. He's cool. So um, he like had reached out to me and was like, because he knew me from the online forums and from chat rooms and stuff. He was like, you know a lot. I want someone who knows a lot to help run this re- this reptile store. Would you be interested in doing that? And I was like, dude, let me yes. know and I am in it. Yes. So he bought a building and at the next reptile expo, he saw me and he was like, dude, it's happening. I'm building this reptile store and if you'll run it, I, I would like to have you run it. And I was like, Dude, this is what my life has been leading. Because I was working in a kitchen. I just had a bunch of snakes in my room. I was just like, <laughs> just doing my thing, you know? Um, and my my educational business had shut down because my mom had moved temporarily to Arizona to work at a hospital down there. So I was just like, I had was going to college and all this stuff. So I couldn't run the whole business just by myself. And I was had other stuff going on. So I was just like, I couldn't focus on just that. So I helped them go there, do demo, renovation on the building. Um, and then moved up to Maine and helped them run that store. And we bred a lot of stuff there. I bred hognose snakes there. I bred Sumatra short pythons there. I helped them breed boas there. We bred Amazons, all these different things. Got kind of learned how to, you know, run a pet store, how to, it was just me. And like, we had a one person else helping out as well. Um, but I was, it was pretty much just me and him breeding all the rats, feeding all the snakes, taking care of everything, breeding everything, and just kind of, you know, trying to do something, trying to do stuff. And we vended expos. We did White Plains. We did Manchester. We did the Mass Expo. And, and like, just networking and branching out. And, you know, to meet up with where I'm going today, when I first started kind of venturing out and trying to network with people, the nerd forums, New England Reptile forums online was someplace where I could talk about blood pythons because on King Snake, no one cared blood pythons. They weren't interested. They're like, yeah, those things are nasty and they pee all over you and they're horrible. And I was just like, I can't find anyone who's into blood pythons. But Kevin's girlfriend at the time, Kara, was the blood python woman. And she was just like into it and she loved bloods and short, she still loves bloods and short tails. And so um, one of the first times that I came up to Nerd, she was like, you gotta see this. I got some really cool blood pythons at you now. And I was like, geeking out and she brought out this like little tiny box with vermiculite in it and there was little baby blood pythons poking their heads out and i was like this is so (laughs) fucking cool this is the coolest thing ever and so i was like 17 or 18 or something i you know just after i got out of high school and so as soon as i got a car as soon as i got my license every penny that i made was spent going up to nerd because she was you know she Kevin's girlfriend. So I got in with the guy. So, you know, that's how I met Kevin. One of the first times I met Kevin, you know what he freaking did? So she's like, hey, this is Rob. He's really into blood pythons. And I was like, it's Kevin McCurley. Oh my God. This is is so crazy. He runs doing the reptile. I've seen your reptile magazine. I was like geeking out. And he's like, she told me you play guitar. And I was like, yeah, I know I play guitar a little bit. I was like taking lessons when I was younger. And so he hands me his like really, really nice flying v guitar it's like play something for me and i was like oh crap oh no because he's like shred he's got his own band he shreds up and down the freaking thing and i'm like okay uh, like doing power chords and stuff he's like oh no, no you gotta practice this scale and he just like whips out the scale and he like makes me do it and then he's like now do it again 
Now do it again. Now do it again. Do it again. Uh. And then he's like, okay, now just keep practicing that. And then pretty soon you can start just like playing a little faster, playing a little faster. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a fucking idiot. Why did I do this? And so, oh. so but through That's that, funny. I kind of like got to know Kevin. And I was like, Kevin, look, if I come up here, just let me clean some things. I just want to, I, I don't have experience with big snakes. I had like, I had ball pythons, short tails, bloods. And like a couple of Amazon tree bows, I didn't get any experience with like bigger things. So I knew a lot. And when he talked to me, he knew that I knew things because when he would reference things, I could freaking talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, okay, so you're not an idiot. Yeah, you can come clean stuff. So I would, every time that I could, I would just drive up to Nerd. It was about an hour from my home. So I would drive up there and just be like, what do you guys need cleaned? I'll clean whatever you want. So I started out doing baby ball pythons and just like, because I was geeking out about bumblebees and all these stuff and I was like ah, seeing a piebald in person I was like ah, that's so cool right so because they weren't everywhere it was like you know nerd had them right right big breeders had them but you didn't see them at expos or anything yeah so I would just go there and I'd be like what can I clean what can I feed have me do something and he would just pick out stuff for me to do and I would do it and eventually I worked my way up I started showing him hey I can work with big snakes so me and his old manager Andy um, and some of the other guys there we would clean big snakes because I knew that I wasn't going to get annihilated by the big snakes so I got experience working with those I did stuff with monitors uh, you know ball pythons whatever he needed me to do I would do it. And then also he would, he used to be really cryptic online. He wouldn't post anything. He mm-hmm. posts like one thing and then that was it. Um, and he didn't really post a lot. So when I would go there, I'd be like, Hey, is it cool if I take pictures of some of this stuff and then share it all? I'll make sure everything's tagged New England Reptile, but people need to see these awesome things that you're working with that you're doing. And so I was like, dude, please. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Just make sure you people know that it's, it's doing time. Nerd, I was like, yeah. it's not me, dude, but I yeah. wa- people need to see these things. So I would just like take pictures and then post them on ballpythons.net and on the nerd mm-hmm. forums and like all these different places where I would be online. And I was just like, look at these amazing things that I'm seeing at nerd. So cool. And so, you know, that just kind of like solidified my kind of relationship with Kevin and just kind of learning from him because he knows so much. And, you know, I had already had a really great base of knowledge just from talking to as many people as I had networked with and learning things. But there were still so many things that I learned from him and just being around nerd. And then when I worked at, in Maine with Jason, I learned so many different things. And so all that kind of has built up and built up to this point now where, you know, I've gotten to work with some of my favorite snakes in the world. Like most of my focus right now is blood and short tail pythons. And those are just my favorite favorite like I love them so much um and then something that I've always strived for since I was really before I could even keep snakes was scrub pythons because mm-hmm. I just would see pictures of barnex scrub pythons I'm like that is the most beautiful snake on the planet those are just like up there that is my dreams if I can't have venomous snakes those are my dream snakes <laughs> yeah and I knew that they got big like too big for me to have in my house with my parents so when I was younger and going to expos, when I was living at home, I wouldn't buy them because I would see them at expos every now and again, and they'd be cheap, like 150 or 200 bucks, um, and I would have the money, but I have so much respect for scrub pythons that I always told myself, if I get scrub pythons, I don't want to have to get rid of them because they get too big, or my living situation won't let me have them. I'm not getting them until I know that I can do this, that I can keep them, and that I can give them the life I think that they deserve. So I didn't get scrub pythons until like five years ago or six years ago. And I got my first girl, Janet, from Nerd, and Andy, the guy who was running Nerd at the time, 
he knew that I was super into him and from volunteering and working with Retix, he knew I could handle a big snake and all that stuff. But when I was in Maine, I had my own house that I kind of had situated where I had a big room and I could have my reptiles in there and everything. I had a big six foot cage where I blocked tree monitors and all that stuff. So when he got those baby scrub pythons and he called me and was like, dude, you need to come down to Nerd right now. And I was like, I'm working today. Like, I'll come down soon. Like, I'll plan a trip or something. He's like, no, you need to come down like in the next couple days, you need to be here. There's stuff you need to see. And I was like, okay, dude, because like they would hatch out cool stuff all the time. And I would talk to Andy and he's like, you know, when he would hatch cool stuff out, when I would come there, he's like, you got to see this and see this and see that. And when I came to Nerd, he was like, go down to that rack over there and look at the shoebox in the bottom of the rack. And I was like, what is it? He's like, just go look. And he walked away. So I pull out a tub and I look at it and it's this like little noodly thing and I like open up the top and I'm like are these baby scrub pythons and he's like we got a whole clutch of baby barnack scrub pythons and I was like losing my mind because he had a really big barnack scrub but you couldn't like touch he could hold it but like if I had tried to hold it, it would have killed me. Not killed me, but it would have been really yeah, yeah, yeah. nasty. Yeah. So <laughs> these baby scrub pythons, I was like, oh my God, I got to get one of these things. And he's like, I knew you, you were the person who, when these came in, I knew that you had to come down and get one. And I was like, whatever you need, money, take it. I, I need one of these babies. And so <laughs> I got a baby bar next scrub python that day. Her name was Janet and I've had her and she's like, I love that snake to death. And, and I still have her five and a half years old now. And, and for me, that's just like the pinnacle. I, I, they have such intelligence. And when you're working with them, you can see that they're working things out. And so aside from education and, and doing that sort of stuff, scrub pythons, they just take the cake for me. They just really, in, I'm enamored with that species or with those species of snakes. And so I just like, I love that. And, you know, working with nerd, I get to work with all these amazing things and get to do all these crazy things. And, you know, along the way, I've had some crazy experiences at reptile expos, going at, on traveling, doing all these different things, which I know you've, you've got. We, we recently took a trip down to Florida with like fed saltwater crocodiles. What? What is that? Yeah. Who, yeah, who would have awesome. thought? Well, if you had told me when I was a kid, hey, guess what? Someday you're going to feed a saltwater crocodile. I would have been yeah. like, oh, shit, yeah. what is that going to No, happen? no, that's Steve Irwin. That's I Steve Irwin. That. That's not me. Yeah. I went in with Nile crocodiles. Oh, my yeah. God. That's so cool. So, you know what? Yeah. In both of our stories, Yes. You know the one thing that we've both left out? What? How the hell we met each other. Yeah, wait a second. How did I meet you? Wait, where did you come from? I I don't even know. Um, <laughs> so we both grew up in Massachusetts, though. Yeah. But like opposite sides. Opposite of, sides. Super, like three yeah, yeah, hours yeah. apart. Yeah. Difference Easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Massachusetts. So... Man, what, was it at an expo? It had to have been at an expo. I had seen you at expos before I like actually got to meet you. Yeah. Um, and I had seen you because you had this big mustache Oof. and you wore your hat backwards. And I was like, Oof. who is this dude? I have never yeah. seen him. Like, I, I don't remember him being around, but you were like in it talking to Jungle Jewels and, and, and oh, yeah, those yeah, guys yeah, yeah, over yeah. At, about all their bearded dragons and about the ball pythons that he was breeding and yep. you know you were with Brian and like I had met Brian at, at the White Plains Expo and he would only bring like a couple staff members so just talking to Brian from his YouTube and Brian Barczyk from his YouTube and like online and stuff I was like dude if you want help at the expo like once I do my once around and I'm not buying anything I usually just walk around and don't do anything so yeah if you want help, I'll help you sell snakes. I'm totally cool with that because I know you have really great snakes and I'll help you sell them. And he was like, if you'll do that, that's awesome. So yeah, I would yeah, help yeah. Brian Vendor. And then I <laughs> saw you at Brian's table and I'm like, okay, if he knows Brian, he must be good people. He's cool. And then I would see you at mass things. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, so he's like, 
He's around. I, I, he's around. He's around. He's yeah. around. I know. Yeah. But like, I don't even know if I could pinpoint the exact moment when we met. We actually it, met. We I don't bumped think, into I don't each other so. at expos and stuff. It, it was probably at Brian's table, honestly. It probably was. Uh, at White Plains. Yeah. Because I, I would never miss a White Plains when I was younger. No, me never. either. Never, ever. Me <laughs> never, ever. As soon as I got a license, I was like, I would wake my friends up at 4 o'clock in the morning yep. and drive We're their ass down. to White Plains. We're going and down. And we would be first people in line to go oh, yeah. walk around and, and look Dude, at all the things. Dude, we used to take, I used to take carloads of bandmates yep. that I was in high school with and be like, you guys like snakes. You'll come to my house. We'll play with snakes. Let's go to New York and see a bunch of shitty, yep. crazy fucking snakes or whatever. <laughs> so it would be like me and like half my trumpet section. <laughs> yep. Dude, all my friends who were like, you know, hey, reptiles are kind of cool. I'd be like, you're coming to, I would drag them to yeah. Nerd to clean stuff. <laughs> I would bring them to White Plains, the Manchester show. I was like, you guys gotta, you gotta see these things. Like, yeah. I was just like so into it. But I probably bumped into you there and then Later on, like when you went to college, mm-hmm. you were well. We hadn't seen each other for a few years. Yeah, for a couple of years. And then I bumped into you at a White Plains show yes. after a few years. And yeah. It was like, oh my god, like how are it's these been, going? It's yeah, so it's been great. Like it's been so long since I've seen you. Yeah, and we're then uh, you're like, how's it going? Whatever, and I'm like, kind of fucking stressing, dude. Yeah, it's I'm not good. To be moving out to Boston in like a week and have no place to live, and, and you're like, Boston's not cheap. Yeah, it's Boston's not, not, not cheap at all. And you're like. Oh, dude, you should have reached out, man. Like, I live not that far away. I can talk to my mom. We got this spare room. And I was like, bro, you if you me? can do that, <laughs> you'd literally be saving me so much. And then, like, next thing I know, like, less than a week later, I'm on the phone with your mom. Yep. She's giving me the third degree about yep. She's what like, I'm look, doing. listen here. Yeah. We don't do drugs at our house. Yeah, yeah, We yeah, don't yeah. drink at our house. There's no partying. <laughs> yeah. You can't just bring random people over here. He's like, yep. no, no, we're okay. We're yeah, cool. We're, we're on the same page. I'm literally <laughs> like, I just need to not be on the street yep. in Boston. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I'm fucking moving up. Yep. To fucking Randolph. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, And then, dude. so you lived with me for a little while. You know, got to see my reptile. So you got your reptile fix when you weren't yes, with your I own wasn't reptiles. At my own, yeah. And we went field herping and doing all yep. this stuff. And just like, you know, we go to Nerd and you do your live stream with Kevin and stuff. And yep. Like, yep. So like, it just like clandestine. That's right. Just, it all fits together yep. in the grand That's scheme true. of things. That's true. And and so I mean I guess the rest is history. Like we I I've always got along really well with you, and yeah, I, I love that you're doing your music thing. And you know, it's, it's yeah, just bro. It's we're in my been, recording studio right now. We are. We're in his. Record- <laughs> this would not be as great sound quality if Jeremy wasn't doing what he was doing. <laughs> and I don't know what I do, but I do things sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got personality. Yeah, man. I got a face for personality. <clears throat> So, I thought you had a face of radio. I do have face of radio. That's why we're doing a podcast. That's why we're doing a podcast. The Reptile Talk podcast. Oh, man. That is funny. That is funny. Uh, so, I mean, that kind of brings us towards the end of our year. So. So, so, yeah, man. thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure that you check out our Instagram. It's reptile.talk on Instagram. We're going to be posting lots of cool stuff as as we're going through and doing interviews and talking with people. We'll be posting images to go along with that so you can... Yep keep up with what we're doing um and you know it's been a pleasure yeah man so where, where, can they, where can people find you if they want to see your individual stuff that you're doing okay so if you want to follow me on instagram uh you can find me at Brassman reptiles if you want to see my music stuff you can go to jt music 1092 uh you can find me Brassman rep on twitter 
um, and Brassman Reptiles on Facebook and all that stuff. How about you? Awesome. So if you can find me or if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Rob is creeping at real because I'm constantly creeping at real. On Twitter, <laughs> on, on Twitter, you can find me at Rob is creeping because I guess it's not real on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Don't add me on Facebook. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, you'll be in limbo for you'll be the in rest of friend, eternity. Yeah, friend request limbo for the rest of eternity. That's I'm only, I'm actually closing in on the 5,000 cap on friends, Oof. and I usually only post stuff so my friends can see it. Oof. So don't add me on Facebook. Don't do it. But don't do it, make sure you're following the Reptile Talk podcast, and thank you for tuning in. See y'all. Thank you.